Facebook's parent company has recently changed to Meta, which happens to already be the name of a PC company. What should the new, new name of the parent company be? Uh, clearly, they should just do what they should have done years ago and just rename themselves MySpace. Uh, Tabitha. <laughs> um, since we've already talked about how Facebook is trying to become the Disney of things and Walmart is the, you know, Disney of retail, uh, I think we should just call it Zucks. Would they pay their employees in Zuckbucks? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> oh, I forgot uh, my bell. Yep, we left it at home. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, maybe, maybe just stick with Meta, but put air quotes around it. But I just don't know how you would do that, like visually. Mm. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. Maybe use Zuck Fingers. <laughs> Never say Zuck Fingers. <laughs> Creeped out. Yes. <laughs>
which I, I'm sorry. I like the name, but every time I see the name, it doesn't, it doesn't read as DC fan dome. It's just, there's the letters spell it out for yourself and look at it and tell me that doesn't look like something else. Um, (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) DC fandom released like they did last year, a whole bunch of new information. First look at black Adam, a bunch of stuff about um, the flash TV show. First look, I think at the, uh, both the Aquaman and the lost kingdom movie as well as the Aquaman animated series. Um, they announced some comic book news. Um, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League video game they announced. Um, the Peacemaker spinoff from Suicide Squad kind of got some information from that. Um you know, just a little bit of everything. Um, they even touched on um, Neil Gaiman's Sandman um, that is coming from Netflix. So, just a little bit of everything with that. I, you know, you have to just go back and look at everything. And there's still trailers I haven't watched from that event. But uh, yeah, um, mine also had to do with DC. So back in October. Uh, Superman, son of Kal-El writer Tom Taylor, announced that John Kent will come out as bisexual in issue 5 of the series. Uh, The creative team made the announcement on National Coming Out Day, um, partially because of that day, but then also because they just knew that the the news was going to leak anyway, so Mm. it was kind of one of those things they wanted to do on their own terms. Um, Obviously, there is some backlash that they're still dealing with, like almost a month later, uh, mostly from people who don't know the difference between Clark and John Kent. (laughs) Um, My favorite uh, Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers tweeted uh, It was either like that day or maybe like the next day Or whatever So she tweeted Quote Superman loves Lewis Lane Period (laughs) Hollywood is trying to make Superman gay And he is not Uh, Just rename the new version Superman So we can all know the difference And avoid seeing it I don't want to live on this planet anymore. The ignorance. Send me to Krypton. It <laughs> uh, doesn't exist anymore. That's Perfect. Why he's here. <laughs> Even better. So this does come after uh, third Robin, Tim Drake, also revealed his bisexuality. Uh, so even though Tom Taylor said that this was uh, kind of the plan for John all along, uh, my headcanon is that after the Batman team said that they were making a Robin buy, uh, the Superman team said, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but let's get into the poll list. And we're going to start tonight with The Rush. It's out now from Vault Comics. It's written by uh, C. Spurrier with art by Nathan Gooden. Uh, So in 1899, Nettie goes searching for her son, Caleb. Uh, Her search brings her to uh, haunted forests and uh, Brokehoof, a town that mines blood as much as it does gold. Um, I loved the art in this first issue. Uh, Nettie is a woman who will stop at nothing to get her son back and is also just a badass. Um, I am excited to explore more of Broke Hoof uh, in future issues. Uh, Tabitha, I know you said you read most of it. What were your thoughts? Um, I did also like the art. I really 
I really appreciated the like almost like grayscale sepia tone that like you know made it a, feel a little bit more historical. Um, however, um, my beef with this was the slang, like the <laughs> you know the gold miner slang, which is great and wonderful. But when you're reading it and you don't, you've just been dropped off somewhere. It is very hard to figure out what the hell they're trying to say. And especially with the font style that they used for some of it, it was almost hard to read. Like I couldn't figure out what the words were. And I was literally zooming in on my iPad to be like, goo. Like I felt like I was like playing hooked on phonics with this, <laughs> this comic book. Um, I didn't get all, to the, all the way to the end of it because it just at some point got too wordy for me, but I did end up looking at all of the art. So I know what happens based on the art. This would have almost been better for me had it been dialogueless. Because I feel like the art lent itself to that. Like, you could mm. follow what mm. was happening without needing the choppy, slangy dialogue that didn't read well. Matt, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed the supernatural aspect that's going on here. Um, it, it did, for me, get bogged down in the middle with, um, with her letter and... Like, she's writing this letter to her son, and maybe it was just me being slow, but it took me too long to figure out how the dots were connecting for this one. I think because I was so focused on everything that she was writing, and it was kind of verbose that that, that kind of lost me, where all of a sudden, you get towards the end, all of the dots connect, and I'm like, oh, that's where we're going. Okay. Like, I felt like that probably could have been... Condensed. condensed a little bit um and it would have it would have pulled me along a little bit better but the way that it started the way that it ended i'm still hooked i still i, I mean i still want to see more of a broke hoof yeah <clears throat> uh it's written by christopher sabella with uh and uh, george uh Combatis, with art by leslie at, at I've had a lot of coffee today, guys. <laughs> With art by Leslie Atlansky. Uh, so Rockwell uh, Granger owns a food truck, is indebted to the Bardem brothers, and has hired Harper, a girl who has been breaking into his truck. Uh, the Bardems send Rock on a mission to take down a rogue food truck, forcing him and Harper to work together on the mission while saving his food truck. Uh I know I didn't get as far as I wanted to. This was one of those books that uh, has been uh, offered to us for a while, and I've been really excited to read it. And that's part of the reason why I included it in our first show back, because I was like, hey, it just came out, so we can talk about it. But, um, yeah, today just didn't happen for me. But what I read of it, it's, it's an interesting story. I like the dynamic between Harper and Rock, how... Um, Harper kind of finds her way into uh, Rock's world. Um, also, I did really enjoy, and I don't know, I know, Matt, you got a little bit farther than I did, so I don't know if they do this for every chapter, but, like, at the end of the first chapter, there's a recipe. Yep. And I thought that was so cool, and I'm like, I might have to try those. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this is, so far, it's a really fun story. I'm excited to finish the rest of it. Uh, Matt, where are you at so far? Um, I am a little over halfway through this, um, and actually about at the point where we start to realize that there is something else going on with Harper um, that, that wasn't at all hinted at, essentially, in the first 
the first part of this book, which I love because you, the beginning of this, you really get to see the relationship start to build between Rock and Harper, that, you know, that interaction. Um, and you just, at this point, at, at the beginning, you just kind of take her character for face value, you know, and, and go with it. And then you get about halfway through and you get to some more information on her and her background and what else is going on in her life. And all of a sudden it's like, hold on there's more to this than meets the eye um i is she a transformer she is not okay <laughs> maybe um... the food truck is <laughs> <laughs> sorry to interrupt <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh i i love the recipes i they actually look really good so um that's a fun addition to this um, I'm definitely going to sit down and finish the rest of this because I, I need to know how this all boils out. Ha, food joke. Um, <laughs> which there are a lot of, having worked in the food industry for so long, there's a lot of terminology thrown around early on in this book, which is very much food industry related. That I don't know that if you haven't worked in the industry, you would catch all of the, the terms, which I also really enjoyed so i don't know uh i don't know i'm gonna finish it we'll see how it goes last book we're going to talk about tonight is called what's the furthest place from here it's out november 10th from image comics written by uh, matthew rosenberg with art by tyler boss uh so in this post-apocalyptic story uh sid leaves her home in hopes of finding more life out there uh she disappears and her gang will risk everything to find her um matt what'd you think this was, I'm just going to say, it was a rough read. Um, I, I loved that as a, like, it's a post-apocalyptic. Um, they have holed up in this record store, which for their little society that they have, their little group of people, fits perfectly. Like, they're the outcasts. These are, like, you know, the punk kids, you know, that kind of stuff. And the record store reflects that, which I think, which is great. It just took me, it just took, for me, it took too long to really realize that this was a post-apocalyptic clan versus clan type of world that was going on. Um, to, to really, like, I don't know. To, to pull me in completely but uh i don't know the art was interesting the the coloration was kind of bland but i also get why that was because again the dystopian type of feel um i don't know it it was interesting um i'm i am still intrigued to see like i know that there's like a part two at least coming to see how that uh continues yeah um and you're absolutely right with the colors. The the color scheme and everything that they used for this issue was really, really, really cool. Uh, really felt... Um, it really, like, meshed well with the story. Um, the first issue, though, did it, it left me with a lot of questions. Uh, most of the questions, you know, I'm, I'm excited to go along for the ride. I would have liked a little bit more information with the, with the space that they had. You know, maybe give us a little bit more info, if nothing else, on who these main characters are. Mm. Um, that said, uh, Alabama, much like, um, the mom in the rush, uh, she's a badass. Like I'm, I, mm. these books like <laughs> all kind of have like these like strong female, you know, presences and it's, I'm here for it. Um, 
Also, like, I really dug the connection with the, you know, with this clan that, you know, that this book focuses on. Um, I'm digging the connection to music, and I'm kind of curious to see, like, how it connects to the story, because, like, we don't, I don't think they told us when this story takes place, right? No, I don't yeah. think so. So, I mean, like, some of the music references that we're seeing in this book, I mean, it's classic rock, classic music by our standards, you know, assuming this play takes place mm. 20, 50, even more so years in the future, like, why are they still focused on, you Hall know, notes. exactly, yeah. <laughs> which, like, I'm here for, but, like, I don't know, I just, I, I hope that, I hope that that gets answered. Yeah. All right, let's do a trailer takedown, um, and with this, I do want to preface this by saying, um, there were a lot more trailers that we could have included that we didn't. In fact, um, I think we ended with 11 for sure trailers. I was about to add two more. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do that. Um, we could have kept going. So I actually ended up drawing names out of my hoodie pocket. Uh, <laughs> not, a, not a hat. I have to have to preface that. Um, so, like, for instance, uh, Book of Boba Fett not included in tonight's trailer takedown. I felt weird about not including it, but it didn't make the cut. Yeah. So, um, we are going to start. We have eight movies to talk about. Um, the first matchup is Resident Evil versus The Batman. Uh, Tabitha, let's start with you. So, I kind of warned you guys before we started that just call me Nancy <laughs> for this whole podcast because I am just negative about everything, evidently. Um, so, Resident Evil... Honestly, I feel like we have enough of these films. Um, also, in my head, you can't have a Resident Evil movie without Milo Jovovich. Mm. Like, it's just not a Resident Evil movie. Now it's just a zombie movie. Don't even call it Resident Evil. It can't take place in Raccoon City unless she's there. I refuse. Um, who is this new girl? Don't know her. Who is Dollar General Nick from 98 Degrees? What is he doing here? <laughs> the CGI on the monsters looks like trash. Let's get real. It doesn't look good. It looks like a B-movie. It looks like something that's going to roll out on HBO Max. No one's going to know about it, and it's going to get a 3% of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't need it. Um, the Batman. I had I have watched this trailer, and then I watched it again tonight. And both times, every time, Robert Pattinson gets... Angry. I can't take him seriously because all I can hear is him getting really frustrated with Bella in Twilight because it's the same sound. <laughs> it's the same like, oh my god, how dare you? Like it's this, it's the same voice, and I just I can't take it seriously. Every time he talks in the bat voice, and every time he like exists, I'm just like laughing at it. Like I cannot possibly take it seriously. Can we just get rid of Batman and can I just get a Zoe Kravitz Batman movie? Can we just have Zoe Kravitz be Batman? Can we get, like, not Batgirl, just let her be Batman. Like, let's just, let's take our pets out of it. Like, I wanted to be impressed by this. I really did. But I just, I literally cannot, like, I cannot look at Edward Cullen and think Batman. Like, I can't do it. I physically cannot. So I'm going to give Resident Evil 5 and the Batman 5 because I can't decide which one is worse. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say technically that this is the second time that Robert Pattinson has played a Batman. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, for somebody who has not seen any of the Twilight movies, I don't, um, I don't share that connection. I mean, obviously, I know that he was in Twilight. I get that. I made the same dumb Twilight jokes that everybody else has made. Uh, but he surprised me with this. Um, you know, I, I like that we didn't have the, 
you know, Christian Bale, Batman Growler, you know. <laughs> um, I appreciated that. Uh, the Batmobile looks freaking amazing. Um, you know, it's it's clearly armored, but it's not like a tank that we've seen in the past few movies. Um, uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, unrecognizable, yeah. you know. Um, I had actually, like, forgotten that he was in the movie. I remember that the Penguin was somebody famous, like, the first time I saw the trailer, I couldn't think of who it was. And even when I rewatched it today, like... I eventually had to Google it to make sure because like I kind of I kind of had remembered that it was Colin Farrell, but like I wasn't a hundred percent for sure. So I was still like, okay, let's Google this. Um, but yeah, like I am I am here for the Batman. Um, I've never seen a Resident Evil movie. Um, not going to start now. Uh, the only good thing about the trailer for me was the use of um, what's going on. <laughs> so. That is the only reason why Resident Evil gets one point and the Batman gets the other nine of my points. Matt. Um, so, Batman... So, there's always that debate about the actors, whether they are a better Batman or whether they are a better Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Bale, I think, is one of the few who's been able to play both of them essentially equally well. Um, this trailer shows to me that Pattinson Pattinson is going to play Batman well. The action scenes look really good. I haven't seen enough of him as Bruce Wayne to tell if that's going to work out or not. The hair still really bothers me. The <laughs> the mop on his head. I'm like what is that? You're not suave, you're not slick, you're not a playboy. You look like you rolled out of bed in high school and put some gel in your, like, some mousse in your hair and wandered off. Like, that, I don't I've know. seen that scene from Clueless where she's like, these boys get out of bed in the morning with their greasy hair. But it's just the Batman trailer. Like. I'm sorry. That mop on his head just really bothers me. Um, I also, I know everybody else is impressed with this Batmobile, but it's so blah to me. Like, all the other Batmobiles, even if you want to go with Nolan's Tumblr, the tank thing, they're not regular cars. Like, they're grandiose. They are, they're they're overblown. And this is, oh, look, you took a hot rod and armored it. Like, it's just, to me, it's just not impressive. I, I'm, I don't know. Um, I do like Colin Farrell. I think he's going to play well. I want to see how the Riddler plays into this. Um, yeah, Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman, that's going to be friggin' amazing. We need a spinoff already for just her. Um, because I think she's going to outshine Pattinson in every scene they're in together at this point. Um, Resident Evil, I wasn't sure that we needed this. I still don't think we need this. Um, I do like the fact that this seems to take place between the original first movie and when... Mila Jovovich wakes up in the hospital in the second movie. So you're kind of getting some background um, without a full reboot, which I think is an interesting way to do it. You are bringing in the characters from the video game. So that's who those characters are um, and why, you know, they're not really recognizable because they come straight out of the video game. Um, The CGI. Yeah, it doesn't look great. It looks like the old first movie um, when Nemesis like jumps down off the train and meets the guy and then, eating people in the city, but the CGI hasn't gotten any better. So, I don't <laughs> Um, Despite those things, I'm a sucker for all the Resident Evil movies. I 
I love all of them. Even without Mila Jovovich, I'm here for this one. So I'm going to go six points for Resident Evil and four for the Batman. Okay, so with a score of 14 to 12, Emo Bruce Wayne moves on. (laughs) And... He's going to start blurring some My Chemical Romance real quick. How cool would it be if the movie started out with Black Parade? (laughs) Duh. When I was a young bat. Oh, oh, that's sad though. His dad took him. He can't take him nowhere. (laughs) He's dead. Uh, Maybe we'll get to relive that scene again. So, <laughs> the Batman is going to uh, face the winner of Uncharted versus Cowboy Bebop. Um, I'm not familiar with any with either of these two properties. Uh, I've never played any of the Uncharted games. Um, I know what Cowboy Bebop, I know that it's a thing, but that's about it. Uh, that said, I loved both of these trailers. Like, I don't know why. Uh, Cowboy Bebop just looks... it. They both... In different ways, they both look just like fun, not taking itself too serious, you know, properties. Obviously, one's a movie, one's a TV show. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed them both very equally. I cannot decide, so I gave them both five. Uh, Matt? Um, so I have played most of the Uncharted games. Um, there is a fan film out there with... The real, honest-to-God Nathan Drake, played by Nathan Fillion, um, out there. And it's the only film that should ever exist of Uncharted. Um, I like Tom Holland, but he just he's not Nathan Drake. Um, Mark Wahlberg is not Sully. Um, he doesn't even have a mustache, which... How are you going to play Sully and not have a mustache? Like, that's that's who he is. And yeah, part of the reason I think I'm not a fan of this trailer is because I have played the games, and while they took a couple of the scenes directly from the games, they've already essentially retconned and redone some of the background on how these characters meet and how they're friends. They're changing the storyline from the games. Like, and that that bothers me. Like, if you want to expand on it, cool. But, like, it, if you're doing a game property, you should stick with... I don't know, the the canon. And and they're not. They're rewriting some of that, and that bothers me. Um, Cowboy Bebop has been on my list of shows to watch forever. Um, I've managed to make it through the intro of the first episode probably half a dozen times um, <laughs> and never watched any farther than that. But the, the show has the vibe that matches that anime perfectly. It's spot on. It's wonderful. Um, it looks like it's going to be violent and quirky and snarky all at the same time. And I'm definitely here for it. Um, bonus points for the quirky. Um, so I'm going to go eight points for Cowboy Bebop and two for Uncharted. Tap. So... I'm just going to read my notes from Uncharted because they basically say what Matt said, but in Tabitha speak. Um, I will never get over this not being Nathan Fillion. 
Am I going to watch it? Yes. Am I going to be happy? No. I hate Tom Holland. Marky Mark is not my Sully. What is Antonio Banderas doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Those are my notes. Um, Tom Holland is not Nathan Drake. They, like, there were literally, like, moments, like, I've watched these games, like, all of them be played multiple times. Once in a good way, once in a bad way. And they are so well, the games are so well done and the storyline is so good and they have literally lost like the feel of the games in this movie. And Sully is not this character, like this is not who he is, this is not who any of these people are. And I think, like, I'm trying to like Tom Holland. Like I'm trying and I just can't like Tom Holland. And now they've put him in a role that was designed for literally someone else. And now I hate him more. So like, he's just, (laughs) he keeps, he goes up and then he goes right back down. And now he keeps, he's just, I don't know. Um, and my notes on Cowboy Bebop are, I am only interested in the Corgi and the fun plane. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to give the Corgi and the fun plane two points. And I'm going to give Uncharted my other eight points because in my head, I'm just going to assume that I live in a reality where Nathan Fillion got to play this part. (laughs) So with a score of 15 to 15, both both move on. So Batman is going to have to face both of them. Um, I mean, he's usually pretty good in a fight with multiple enemies, so... (laughs) All right, so next round. Um, Station Eleven versus Morbius. Uh, Matt, let's start with you this time. Um, Station Eleven. Uh, That's like the flu one or whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. We watched this trailer two hours ago, and I already can't remember what it's about. That's not a good sign. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I. Oh, yeah, it's like the post-apocalypse. Okay, so... Uh, sorry, I'm having flashbacks apparently or something. I don't know. Um, I, I I need a dystopian movie to do something different, and this doesn't feel like anything that hasn't already been done. We're supposed to care about the characters. They're trying and struggling to survive. The world has fallen apart. Blah blah blah. I I I don't know. At this point, I don't care about any of the characters. I don't care what's going to happen to them. I don't know. I, I need something in that to make me care. To make me care, and I, <laughs> I didn't see it. Um, Morbius. As much as we've wanted to hate this movie from its inception, each trailer makes it look better. There's one scene of CGI which looks very, very bad, but the rest of it looks really good. Um. And it's almost like Sony has figured out with Venom and now Morbius how to do the anti-villain, anti-hero thing. Um, Also, the Venom nod in the trailer is fantastic. That's a bonus point for that. Um, I I don't know. I think this is going to be dark, but it's actually going to be good. And I'm almost disappointed to say that. Um, So I'm going to go nine points for Morbius and... One point for station one. Um, shoot, there was something that I was going to say, and I don't remember what it was. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk about what, what I thought of the two trailers, and if I remember, I remember. If I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are very 
on brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> so, yeah. So Station Eleven, um, the whole like. Oh, this big flu is killing everybody, whatever. I mean, it hit a little bit too close to home with what we're dealing <laughs> with right now. Like, maybe if you guys had, um, you know, put out this movie in, like, three or four more years, like, okay, cool. I We've hopefully have moved on from COVID, you know, enough. But still, like, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Um, I remember what I was going to say. You accidentally <laughs> called Morbius and Venom anti-villain movies. Yeah, I I want to know exactly what an anti-villain movie is. I obviously know what an anti-hero movie is. So I mean, like using that, you know, kind of extrapolating that out, I kind of can guess what an anti-villain movie is. But like, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in that. Would that kind of be like Megamind? Was that that one movie? I don't know. I feel like if you're looking for a definition of anti-villain, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah, okay. Um, and so Morbius, you're right, Matt. Like it's. It has gotten better with each trailer that we've gotten and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm going six points for Morbius, four points for Station Eleven. Um, I feel like Morbius would get more, but it's kind of the uh, New Mutant situation. Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of at this mm-hmm. point, um, I won't believe that it's actually going to be released until I actually am sitting down in a theater <laughs> to watch it. Tabitha. Okay, so with Station Eleven, Station Eleven was a book. I read it last year, middle of the pandemic. It was a terrible idea. Never do that. Um, <laughs> however, what this trailer does oh, you not... did read that. I did. And what this trailer <laughs> does not touch on is the fact that these people that you're following, these weird costumes that they have on, they're actually a traveling Shakespeare troupe that are keeping Shakespeare's plays alive years after this pandemic has started. And when I heard about the concept of this book, I was like, this is going to suck. This is going to be boring, which is what I thought watching this trailer. (laughs) Reading this book was incredible because you don't give a shit about the characters. It's not about the characters. It's about the legacy that they're leaving and the legacy that they're trying to bring with them. So you don't get attached to anybody because you've got 50,000 people in a 200 page book and you're just kind of getting little snippets of their life. You don't get attached to anybody. You get attached to the memory that they're trying to preserve of our time now. And that's what you're looking at. And like that, this trailer did this book no justice. So it's making me nervous that they left that part out Mm. and are making it more of your typical post-apocalyptic blah, 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 blah. I am not ready for a Panini movie. I am not. I wasn't ready for a pandemic book. I was not, I am not ready for a pandemic. Everybody's dead because of the flu. Like I'm not there yet. (laughs) Give me a couple years. (sighs) Morbius. Just going to read my notes. Jared Leto's abs. (laughs) <laughs> get six points just for those yes um, <laughs> one for each act plot twist that's exactly how I did this um, <laughs> um, my next note says tell me why this is my favorite trailer and then it says maybe I'm not over spooky season question mark and then it says no it's just the abs and then I said oh no I forgot about Matt Smith's face and then my next one says oh yeah Michael Keaton my love so <laughs> Station Eleven gets four points because I have high hopes because I like the book so much, and Morbius gets six, one for each of Jared Leto's abs. <laughs> I can't believe I beat you to that point. God. I'm not surprised. So Jared Leto's abs moves on with a score of twenty-one to nine. 
And our final preliminary round is Moonfall versus Wheel of Time. Um, I'm going to make this one kind of short and sweet. Uh, Moonfall, uh, is this Michael Bay? Because it feels like it's Michael Bay. And and I, I realize how silly this sounds coming from somebody who, you know, loves, like, MCU in which like almost every MCU movie is like oh hey the world and or universe is ending but I'm kind of tired of the world and or universe is ending movies if they're not part of the MCU or other superhero movies because that's what superhero movies do I mean I just kind of felt like we were missing like Will Smith and or um a song by Aerosmith um (laughs) and then (laughs) yeah and then Wheel of Time um I have no idea about the, you know, the, uh, the subject material. Um, so, you know, I don't know if this trailer is doing the books justice, but this trailer looked pretty darn cool. So I'm giving eight points to Wheel of Time and two for Moonfall. Um, Tabitha. I have a hard time believing they couldn't come up with a better name for Moonfall. For a movie where the moon falls. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's what happens? <laughs> I just, I just don't understand. Um, we all know my feelings on Wheel of Time. My notes literally just say yes. I've wanted this for so long, and they did such a good job. Oh my god, the creatures. So I'm going to give nine points to Wheel of Time, and not all ten, because I'm giving Patrick Wilson in a spacesuit alone one point, because he deserves it. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> Matt. Um, so, Moonfall, also known as The Day After Tomorrow, or 2012, <laughs> or... Independence Day, mm-hmm. because they're all the same film by the same guy. Can can we can we stop remaking the world is ending? Here are the tragedies that are befalling us as the oceans rise and blah 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 blah. And the moons fall down. And the moons fall. <laughs> ro- oceans rise and moons fall. Oh my God! There it is. <clears throat> oceans um, rise. That's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this just. Like, th- this looks hokey. Um, I, the CGI does not look good. Um, Wheel of Time. I still have every intention of reading this book probably very soon. Um, but I'm impressed with every trailer and every image from this because this is a epic fantasy novel and it looks like Amazon has actually done it right. Um, and I can't wait to see this. So I... I'm going all 10 points for Wheel of Time, and I can't give any to Moonfall. All right, so with a score of 27 to 3, Wheel of Time moves on. All right, semifinals. All right, so the first round, Batman versus Uncharted versus Cowboy Bebop. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh, Batman is getting four points, and then much like the first round when Uncharted and Cowboy Bebop met up, I'm splitting the remainder of the points between them, so they each get three. Uh, Matt? Um, I am going to give, based on the matchup here, I have to give Cowboy Bebop seven. Um, I have to give Zoe Kravitz two and Uncharted one. Tabitha? Um, I am going to give... Zoe Kravitz, five. I'm going to give Cowboy Bebop the same two for the Corgi and the Cute Plane. And I'm going to give Uncharted, three. All right. So with a score of 11 points for Batman, seven points for Uncharted, and 12 for Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop moves on. 
and it's going to face off Morbius versus Wheel of Time. Um, Tabitha, take it away. Oh, God, you're making me choose between my favorite book series of all time and Jared Leto's abs. I was about to say, your favorite abs of all time? (laughs) (laughs) Abs or books, abs or books, abs or books. Um, I'm going to go six to Wheel of Time and four to Morbius. All right. Um, I am giving two points to Morbius. Um, Again, I don't know that we're going to see it. I mean, I'm sure at this point we're going to, but you never know. (laughs) And then uh, Wheel of Twine. Point? Twine? Wheel of Twine. Wheel of Twine. (laughs) Wheel of Twine. It's from Boston. Um, It's the other eight points. (laughs) Matt. Um, So you keep mentioning... Morbius in in the same breath as New Mutants and New Mutants was surprisingly good. Like mm-hmm. it was dark and it was creepy and it was good. So I'm just hoping that this kind of follows the same path. Um but this Wheel of Time just looks absolutely phenomenal. So I'm going to go 6 points to Wheel of Time and 4 to Morbius. Score of 20 to 10, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, guys. Oh, 20 to 10 keeps showing up. Um, <laughs> Wheel of Time moves on. Now I'm weirded out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life. <clears throat> um, all right, so finals. Cowboy Bebop, Wheel of Time. I am going seven points for Cowboy Bebop, three for Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time looks fantastic, but at the end of the day, I'm probably going to watch Cowboy Bebop before I watch Wheel of Time. Matt. Ooh. Um... This is, that's a uh, five and five. I can't decide. Tabitha. I'm going to give nine to Willa Time and one for the Corgi. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot give the Corgi any points. He's so cute. (laughs) All right. Um, With a score of 13 to 17, Wheel of Time wins this round of Trailer Takedown. All right. Um, Get into some gut reaction. Oof. Gut reaction. We're going to try and make this as quick as possible. Um, yeah, we are going to start with Matt and Oppenheimer. Um, so Robert Downey Jr. <clears throat> excuse me, and Matt Damon have signed on to a new Christopher Nolan movie. Um, they are also joining Cillian Murphy and rumored Emily Blunt. Um, so quite the cast for a new Christopher Nolan movie. Um, who is Nolan is writing and directing. It's based on the life of um, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who led the Manhattan Project. If you don't know, Google it, look it up. Um, (laughs) Set for 2023 July release, which ironically they said is two weeks ahead of the anniversary of the atomic bomb falling on Hiroshima. That seems... Tasteless? Untoward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I like Nolan's films, and this cast looks incredible. Um, I, we'll see. We'll see what he ends up doing with it. I'm gonna have to wait until we get a trailer. So I'm gonna go thumb sideways. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna kind of steal your joke from when you posted the uh, posted this story. Uh, this cast uh, is the bomb, so I'm giving this a thumbs up. <laughs> God, I wish I had my bell. Um, I'm going to give this a thumb sideways. Um, I hope this is done in a tasteful way. Um, however, I'm always here for like a science-y period piece. So, again, thumb sideways. Uh, Tempo, let's go to the Baby Yoda news desk. 
All right, so we just passed Halloween, and Lizzo, the hero we all deserve, um, decided to have multiple Halloween looks this year, but her first costume was Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, my BFF. She wore green face paint, fake ears, tan robe, and she walked down the Hollywood Lock of Fame, and people were stopping to take pictures of her when with her, not because she was Lizzo, but because she was Baby, <laughs> baby Yoda. Um, and people were like... Like making a comment, like, oh my god, you look just like Lizzo. And she was like, yeah, I do a really good Lizzo impersonation. Um, <laughs> uh, people kept saying, you know, I look like Lizzo. You look like Lizzo. And she was like, I don't look like Lizzo. I'm Baby Yoda. And like, it was just, Lizzo is the hero we deserve in a Baby Yoda costume, outside of a Baby Yoda costume. Do what you want. Thumbs up. Good for you. Matt. This is awesome. And also, like, the fact that people kind of sort of don't recognize her is even better. Thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, that costume was good as hell. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, FX on Hulu has canceled Why the Last Man, citing COVID-related delays, uh, leading to the need to extend contracts to cast members, and so that it just kind of led to a, well, I don't know that we're going to do this. Um, the show is currently being shopped to other streaming services. I'm giving this a thumbs sideways. I am three episodes into this series, and... Um, my hype for this series was was way too big. This is not li- li- living up to my hype. Um, so on the one hand, like I'm I'm kind of okay if we don't get more than this season. On the other hand, I would like for them to be able to find a home and hopefully make things better. Tabitha. Yeah, I haven't started this even though it was like pretty high on my priority list, but I really wanted to reread the graphic novels first. But alas, you know, life got in the way and I forgot what time was. Um, I'm not surprised. I feel like this didn't do as well as people thought it was going to. So I'm kind of not surprised that they're not, you know, whatever. So thumb sideways for me. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. The, just, just the myriad delays that this took to finally get to the, scr- the screen, even the small screen. Um, I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that it didn't survive more than this first season that it got. Um, I also haven't read it yet hope to but um i don't know maybe this will give me more time that if it does get picked up and continued that you know i have a chance to do that before so i'm gonna go thumb sideways too uh we got a scattering of casting news matt let's start with gal gadot um so as disney does they are working on a live action adaptation of snow white um, and Gal Gadot is in the final stages of negotiations to um, play the evil queen. So she would be going from a superhero to a super villain. She really is it evil queen a super villain? She's an anti villain. <laughs> she is the queen and the villain that I relate most to. I so sorry about checking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I I think that this could be a great role for her. Um. As much as I am against all of these live-action Disney movies, um, I don't know this one with the right cast. I, I think it could be it could be good. So we'll go with tentative thumbs up on the casting information. Yeah, um, when I first saw it, I was kind of ready to give this a thumb sideways. But uh, the more that I think about it, I mean, like, yeah, if she's got the evil queen look, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. So thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah. If anybody can pull it off, it's going to be her. And I'm a sucker for a backstory. I'm a sucker for, sucker for a villain origin story. Like, it's just checking all my boxes. And then you gave me Gal Gadot. So, you know, whatever. Thumbs up. 
Um, Tabitha, let's talk Donkey Kong. Well, unfortunately. All right, so <laughs> in September, uh, Nintendo announced that they, like, the voice cast for the Super Mario movie, right? So everybody's been kind of like, meh, about it. But everybody seems to think that Seth Rogen is going to be the best Donkey Kong voice ever. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Universal is reportedly now working on a Donkey Kong animated film with Rogen being the voice of Donkey Kong. Um, It is not confirmed by Nintendo, but it is out there. It is an option. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs down. I don't think we need to keep making animated movies and putting these all-star casts in them and then giving those cast spinoffs when there's a breadth of other ideas floating around out there. And also Seth Rogen's voice is like... Very annoying to me, so maybe that's my problem. I don't know. He sounds like every stoner guy I went to college with, but I'm just <laughs> not into it. So, thumbs down. Matt. Um, I'm confused because I don't ever remember Donkey Kong really saying anything. So why are they going to voice a character that basically just grunts? And now why is he getting a spinoff? I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with Seth Rogen, but I do have a problem with... A spin-off movie for a character that I didn't realize talked. <laughs> so thumbs down. Um, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. I need to hear how Seth Rogen portrays Donkey Bong uh, first. <laughs> <laughs> now that movie he could do. That movie I would watch. <laughs> All right, so uh, Chris Pratt has been tapped to voice Garfield in a new animated movie. Uh, this comes after, like we just spoke, uh, it was recently announced that he will also voice Mario. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Uh, Pratt uh, voicing Garfield, I honestly, I'm okay with. I think it's a good fit. Uh, but that said, I'm nervous that he's just going to start voicing all of my childhood favorites when they reboot uh, the Magic School bus. Uh, Chris Pratt as Mrs. Frizzle. <laughs> Which I had my bell, I'd hit you with it. <laughs> so I have major beef with Chris Pratt, and I will never see another property where the man is involved, Marvel or not. No offense to anybody who's a Chris Pratt fan, Stan, whatever. Chris Pratt is out of my life like he doesn't exist. Thumbs down. Matt. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't. Just stop voicing everything. I don't know. I. I, I, I just, I don't even know how to feel about this. I But I don't think we need another Garfield movie animated or otherwise, so thumbs down. Matt, let's talk about some Netflix games. So we knew that it was coming, but as of two days ago, um, Netflix games went live um, for Android devices. It's still, they're still working on doing, rolling out for iOS. Um, it went live with five games. Um, two Stranger Things games, sh- one called Shooting Hoops, Card Blast, and Teeter Up. Um, the kind of strange thing, which nobody really kind of expected because Netflix is known for streaming, is that in order to play them, you have to download the games. <laughs> Twist of fate? I don't know. Um, I-, I haven't seen any updates since this went live to see how it's working for people. So, until we get a little bit farther into this and more than five games, I'm still going to go thumbs sideways. Um, yeah. Um, I honestly, we may have talked about this in the past, but if we did, I forgot about it because I didn't know that it was coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that said, um, 
yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this a thumbs up. If nothing else, um, as the only Android user in the room, <laughs> I can do it and you can't. Boom. Tabitha. <laughs> I don't have time to download a game on my phone. <laughs> I barely have time to watch the Netflix that's on my TV. <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> um, Tabitha, um, let's talk about It's a Wonderful Life. So when I first read this, I got real mad because I did that thing where I just read the headline and I was pissed off and then I didn't read anything else about it because, you know, it's how you use the internet now. Um, but, but on Sunday, December 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, they're going to be doing a table read of the screenplay to It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, the reading is featuring a completely all-star cast. Uh, George Went, Gene Smart, Rosario Dawson, Mark Camel, Martin Sheen, Mandy Patinkin, Lou Diamond Phillips, Bill Lamar, Ben Mankiewicz, Ron Funches, Ed Harris, and Jason Sudeikis as George Bailey. Um, the reading is actually dedicated to the life and legacy of Edna Asner, and all the proceeds will go to the benefit the Ed Asner Family Center, which is an all-encompassing resource for neurodivergent individuals and their families. So again, when I first read this, I was mad. When I read it a second time, I was happy. Buy your tickets. This looks like it's gonna be absolutely fantastic and it will probably make me cry. <clears throat> However, if Jason Sudeikis doesn't do a Jimmy Stewart, oh. Jimmy Stewart accent, um, the fact that I can't reincarnate Jimmy Stewart to voice this, the thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Um, I'm giving a huge thumbs up to everything about this, except for the Jason Sudeikis <laughs> as George Bailey thing. I, George Bailey is iconic, and Jason Sudeikis... It, he could go a little too campy on this mm. as as the comedian that he is. So that makes me a little wary. But the rest of this cast and the foundation that this benefits is absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Um, the cast sounds fantastic. Anything with uh, Run Funches I'm already mm -hmm. interested in. Um, do you know who he's playing? No, I do not. Okay. They haven't released... From what I could tell, I even like pulled it up to see. The only person that I know is playing who they're playing is Jason Sudeikis. Like, Fair enough. There's, you know, I could probably guess if I sat down with the cast list. Cast list <laughs> right. but... um, my other question that popped up. So, um, and, I, and I don't know if you know the answer to this question or not, Tabitha. But what happens to an angel every time a shame bell rings? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Because they don't get their wings. I can tell you that much. No. Mm -mm. Are we talking about biblical angels with their big eyes and stuff? <laughs> 46 maybe, eyes. Maybe they just get another eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in his new memoir, actor uh, Cal Penn came out and revealed his engagement to his partner of 11 years. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs down. I am tired of Hollywood ruining my childhood and turning all the characters I assumed were into chicks and made them gay. Uh, just name this new version Calpine so we can all know the difference and avoid seeing it. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Kumar. Just kidding. Uh, obviously, that's that's ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> I up. thought you were reading like a mean tweet. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> uh Obviously, thumbs up to Cal and his fiance. This is amazing. Tabitha. Yeah, this is this is incredible. I literally thought you were reading a mean tweet, and I'm like, who are these assholes? <laughs> Turns out it was just you. Surprise! <laughs> so, thumbs up. Thumbs down to you. Now. <laughs> Matt. This is great. Absolutely love it. 
thumbs up all the way. Uh, last story for gut reaction, Tabitha, let's uh, scream over some cereal. So, we haven't had a good food story in a while, mostly because we haven't been here in a while. Yeah. This isn't just an amazing cereal. The Collector's Box is the first ever talking cereal box. You'll know what your favorite scary movie is once you get your hands on a box of Scream cereal. This strawberries and cream flavor mallow cluster is packed with a strawberry and cream punch and loads of strawberry jelly bits with whole hydrated marshmallows. Sounds disgusting. Um, 2021 is actually marking the 25th anniversary of the original film. If you all wanted to feel ancient, I am giving the cereal a thumbs down. I'm going to give anybody who wants to buy this a thumbs up because you do you, boo boo. But maybe don't eat this because it sounds like you're going to get diabetes. (laughs) Matt. That's too much strawberry for me. Um, And also, the cereal's already in the house. Thumbs down. Um, I, really, <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about this. Um, I mean, strawberries and cream, I mean, strawberries and cream, I'm, I'm kind of okay with, I mean, it, it sounds awesome. Um, but I don't know. I was never a scream fan. And so I don't know. I don't know. Tabitha is just violently shaking anything and everything right now. I'm trying um, to find a bell. <laughs> maybe, maybe the couple pins would work. That just sounds like I'm begging for change on a London sidewalk. <laughs> it's a very specific sidewalk. Well, you know, like, you know, you know, very, you know, Dickinson, like, I don't know. I, feel, I just want to be the main character in a Charles Dickens novel, Mitch. Let me be. Calm down, Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so, our last story for tonight. Um, so, Nicholas Garrison was arrested in Texas in connection with burglaries of six game stores. Uh, Three of them were in the St. Louis area. Um, Cards stolen were from uh, Magic the Gathering and also Pokemon TCG. Uh, And this was just one of the stores. One of the stores said in a Facebook post that over $100,000 worth of cards was stolen. Garrison was arrested when trying to sell the stolen cards. Dumb. Yeah. 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 But, like, we've... And I know we've talked in the past about, like, some pricey magic cards, but, like, that's that's ridiculous, right? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Y- hmm. If one store lost cards valued at $100,000, you need to reevaluate just your entire existence of a store like if somebody could walk in and steal because most most of those stores like most of those game shops if you go in the cards that are worth anything more than a quarter are in a glass case yeah and if i'm not mistaken i i think that these were like i like he like broke in like after hours or oh whatever. okay like, all right yeah like um yeah i want to say the charges that he had were like you know like Ten thousand, like more than ten thousand dollars in um, stolen goods, as well as more than ten thousand dollars in criminal okay. damage. Oh so, my God. yeah. So it wasn't like he was just like yoink. Okay. I, don't, I don't know why I touched your hand. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just my hand went too far. I apologize. <laughs> so it wasn't like you walked in and had a five finger discount. Exactly. Because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah. If well, you're just still, like if you own a business and you have that kind of merchandise when you leave at night you don't just leave it in the glass case in front of the door like you put that in a safe like any normal human being like that's a lot of money to lose also i hate that we live in a world where a piece of paper is worth that much money 
That right. hurts my soul in a way that capitalism never has. Like that is. <laughs> but you're okay with old wedding cake going for a lot of money? It was like five hundred dollars, Matt. And it's <laughs> a piece of history. <laughs> Just playing devil's advocate. I'll throw the kernel at you again. Oh no! <laughs> You're gonna pop me with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared. We gotta right get now. a spare bell. We <laughs> <laughs> need a backup bell. Not only for you know, like one for you know a home bell and a away bell, but like also just like for when the original strain bell breaks, because eventually. You're going to wear that thing out. Eventually, you're going to say something, and I'm just going to ring for so long, it's just going to disintegrate like a Thanos snap in my hand. Yeah, you're right. It's going to ring it to the end of time. <laughs> but I mean, if you're, if you're continuously ringing it, though, that's still just one, though, right? No. Um. <laughs> it's one of those infinite chains. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, it's true. It's been a minute. We haven't been here. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, we will be back next week, right? Yeah. Right? I hope. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, check us out on social media. Uh, give us a follow. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Um... Yeah, I felt like there was something else. This has been a day of like, hey, I'm, I'm losing my memory. It's, it's, all, it's all good, guys. Um, from all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.